0: Hello. Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, a statistics and sports podcast. I am your host, Joshua Tracy, joined in person by my co-host.
1: I'm back. Corwin Eller.
0: And yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we talking about today, Corwin? Do you remember?
1: Uh, baseball.
0: As always. As always. In particular, we're talking about uh, a, a relatively stupid idea that we had the other day of relatively how did it come up like we said someone in particular
1: we were uh we were definitely
0: talking about someone in particular being better than someone on the Miami Marlins
1: yeah i think it was i honestly want to say it was senior vlad
0: it that's that's entirely possible i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past us um, i'm um, sure
1: we were talking to yeah, some degree about the call up of vlad junior coming up and how we would take you know i'm sure vlad senior could still be kicking it in the league with vlad dito um and i think that brought us to whether or not a team of older players could beat the Miami Marlins in today's game.
0: Yeah, so my idea was to take a bunch of like recently retired dudes and in some kind of way extrapolate out their their um final seasons stats and see if that if that team could outperform the current Miami Marlins which uh, have they broken 10 wins? I think they might have just gotten their 10th like the other day against the Cubs. I'm on it. You're on it. He's on the case, folks. Uh y- yeah, so it it, it it's not going to be I don't think it's going to be that big of a stretch to look at this Marlins roster and be less than impressed.
1: They are currently 10 and 25.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Let me pull up their current stats just to make sure. 2019 Miami Marlins. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the current Marlins roster and how they're performing given ERA plus for the pitchers and OPS plus for the hitters, and then compare that to the extrapolated out stats I've created for these given players. So 2019 Miami Marlins stats. Court, I'm just going to go to the baseball reference page. Totally cool.
1: Um they had only seven wins in the month of April.
0: Yes, yeah, some would some may be so bold to claim, Corwin, that they're not good at baseball.
1: Actually, I'm sorry, let me phrase that. They had uh two wins in two wins in March, two wins so far in May. So Josh, what does that leave us in April? That's that's six there, buddy. That is six whole wins. All that's right. not great.
0: So, first let's go over the 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 group of guys that I gathered for our uh ancient team of retired ball players. So I try to be pick diff- you know each position and uh, a couple bench players so without looking at the list that's up there. Mm-hmm. Um give me give me some players you'd expect to be on this list from recently retired like all-star guys
1: um i know i've seen part of the list but i'd still go with guys like alex rodriguez Derek jeter um carlos beltran
0: i had to fight myself really hard to not put jorge posada on this list <laughs> like i had to fight really hard yeah myself that'd be to
1: rough that'd be a little rough
0: yeah just because uh, well i also tried to pick dudes who like retired recently so right. beltran's on this list because he retired for one he was very good mm-hmm. and for another thing he retired in 2017 so the oldest person on this list, or at least the, oh no, he is also the oldest, but instead the guy who retired the um, earliest on this list is Barry fucking Bonds. Because I think you kind of have to put Barry Bonds on this list. Much like for the pitchers, uh, Roger Clemens, because those two dudes combined for so, so many good, good, good baseball performances. <laughs> so basically what I did with this is, let's just, re- I'll read out the roster for you. First base is Mark Teixeira, who retired in 2016. Then we have um, Alex Rodriguez, who plays will be playing third base in this scenario, also retired in 2016. Derek Jeter at shortstop, retired in 2014. Um, second base is Chase Utley, who retired in 2018. Catching is Joe Maurer, who ret- retired in 2018. Our outfield would be uh, Carlos Beltran, retired in 2017. Barry Bonds, retired in 2007. Vlad Guerrero, who retired in 2011. Our bench would be uh, Todd Helton, first baseman who retired in 2013. Uh, Ichiro Suzuki, who retired in in 2018. And uh, Chipper Jones, who retired, third baseman who retired in 2012. Oh, we also have the DH, David Ortiz, who retired in 2016. I know we're comparing this to the Marlins, who don't have a DH because it's a National League team, but, I mean, fuck Fuck it. it. (laughs) So what do you think of this... this, this, uh, offense roster.
1: Um comparing this to the starting lineup that I have for the Marlins in front of me, a little better, just a little bit.
0: Yeah, so you know, now the question becomes can we, can we compare the performance of current day players to like, like, like what these dudes what it would be like if Mark Teixeira was still playing baseball today, not Mark Teixeira's last season stats, but if there was a version of Mark Teixeira that didn't retire. Um, Which actually became a problem for me because when I was looking up players to try to add to this list and I was doing the pitching, I came to Roy Halladay. And I was like, well, that'd be a fun comparison. And then I thought to myself, well, he died. I don't think I can put him on this list. So I didn't include Roy Halladay in my pitching, even though he was one of the best starting pitchers of like the past decade. Because I thought, well, there's literally no way he could be playing today. And in my mind, that was like, well, then why bother including him on the list? But I, I it's a weird sense of logic I had with it, but that's where I landed on.
1: That actually is some surprisingly in-depth logic that I definitely wouldn't have thought of. Um, but yeah. in all honesty, his ghost probably could still outpitch some of the Marlins pitchers. I'm willing to bet some Marlins pitchers have a
0: negative wins above replacement, which in which, which case would be lower than the ghost of Roy Halladay. I so.
1: bet Sandy Alc- uh, Alcantara. Alcantara. However, you pronounce that shit. Yeah, yeah. I actually had to look it up because he's on my fantasy team, and I Alcantara. Alcantara is how it's pronounced.
0: Mute that. Really? Yeah. I'm just gonna skip over that whole a there. All right, fuck you, Sandy. Anyway, let's well, let's take that into the pitching. So for starting pitchers, we have, as I previously said, Roger Clemens, Mark Burel, uh, Pedro Martinez, Johan Santana, and Roy Oswalt. Those are your starters. I thought about including Andy Pettit, but I. I I didn't think it was. I don't think he held up to some of these guys. I also tried to include, in my heart of hearts, I tried to include Randy Johnson, <laughs> but he retired 10 years ago in 2009. And when he retired, he was 45 years
1: old. Yeah, there was no way he would have held up. So I was just
0: like, yeah, like this is going to get really bad really fast. Yeah. So, Leah, fuck that shit. Um, we have three relievers on this list Jonathan Papelbon, Trevor Hoffman, and Mariano Rivera. Mariano,
1: good bet. I bet he holds up better than some of these other pitchers
0: i i like, there's been a lot of conversation where it's like i bet mariano rivera could still be out there pitching today and the thing is like i bet he could when he threw out the first pitch the other day after he got inducted into the um they had like a mariano rivera night recently not recently but like start of the season for him and he threw out the first pitch and he threw a cutter <laughs> down the, like like perfect cutter
1: because of course yeah. it's mariano rivera yeah, what do you expect him to throw
0: And not only that, but, like, he did look a good cutter. Like, it wasn't even, like, wild or some shit. He made 50 sound like a bitch. That's not hard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously, these aren't going to be perfect. Every player, you know, falls apart at different ages, at different times, and different ways. We're just going to use math to figure it out in our own little way.
0: Yeah, yeah, and some uh, some relatively sketchy math at certain points. Oh, but of course. uh yeah, we'll get into that. So let's let's now look over the current roster of the Miami Marlins and just him. do you know, a little comparison here <laughs> just by name value. So I have catching for them Jorge Alfaro, first base Neil Walker, second base Starlin Castro, shortstop Miguel Rojas. Third base, Brian Anderson. Left field, Curtis Granderson. Center field, Louis Brinson, although his name isn't bolded. He's
1: currently got moved down to the 40-man, but he still has the most Oh, he's appearances. the most reps at center field?
0: Yeah. Okay. So who's their current center fielder, do you know?
1: I have no idea.
0: I'm going to assume it's outfielder Isaac Galloway. I'm going to assume that's, that's their next outfielder. Um, anyway, right fielder, Peter O'Brien. And then they have bench players, uh, Martin Prado. Um, Roselle Herrera and I think I I would assume Isaac Galloway since he's the next listed outfielder would be their third outfielder I'll look up the Marlins lineup Uh, yeah sure Uh, then for their pitching they are currently working with a rotation of Caleb Smith Jose Urania, Sandy Alcantara Pablo Lopez and Trevor Richards with their closer Sergio Romo and then their top two relief pitchers being oof top two is a rough sentence Um, Nick Anderson and tyler kinney i guess
1: galloway is their starting center fielder as of yesterday (laughs) okay 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 good enough yeah i mean this is a a lineup for sure um i mean as far as pitching concerned caleb smith is the only genuine above average major league player i think I mean, anywhere. literally, he's the
0: only one with a, with, an, with an ERA plus over 100. And for reference, I know we've said this a bunch of times, ERA plus and OPS plus 100 is league average. Above it is better than league average by whatever percentage that is. And below it is um, less than league average by that same percentage.
1: So, I mean, their best pitcher by a long shot in Caleb Smith, just to go over his basic stats right now, uh, 1.6 war, three wins, no losses, a 2.11 ERA. Forty-two innings pitched, fifty-six strikeouts, and a .89 WHIP. So he's actually been phenomenal this year. But
0: yeah, no that, that that's that's rock solid. It's
1: really just this guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. the The next lowest ERA of the starters after Caleb Smith's two eleven is Pablo Lopez with a four point oh three. Um, and while four point oh three isn't bad, and actually for their fourth starter, if your fourth starter on your team has a four point oh three ERA, that's not awful, and you'll take that. The problem mm-hmm. is that that. It basically makes him their second starter based on that ERA, and like wow, it just gets so much worse after that.
1: Yeah, it's not good anywhere on this uh, starting lineup.
0: Yeah, uh, no, yeah, certainly not the rotation. Let's actually yeah, look yeah. at the the lineup. Um, there are two batters, only two, batting above uh, with a one about uh, batting above a one hundred OPS plus. Uh, Jorge Alfaro, the catcher, is batting at a 116 OPS. Plus. He has a batting average of 277, on base 340, slugging 436 for an OPS of 776. What I'm actually surprised um uh, over 100 OPS plus, what, 776, mm-hmm. but I guess whatever. Uh, and then Neil Walker is batting a 120 OPS plus with a 267 batting average, 340, .364 OBP, 419 slugging for a 782 um, OPS. Yeah, I mean those th- those are good numbers for those two guys. Yeah, nothing crazy, but nothing nothing bad.
1: Nothing bad. Just the fact that their best two hitters are Neil Walker at 33 and Jorge Alfaro, the strikeout machine.
0: Yeah, Neil Walker, who was literally a bench player for the Yankees last year, yeah, and not playing first base, no. <laughs> and here he is playing first base every day. Um, start, it's sad for me to see Stalin Castro having such a uh, relatively down season with his fifty-seven OPS plus. Because I do like Stalin Castro; he always seemed like a nice guy. Same thing with Curtis Granderson; him and his seventy-nine OPS plus. But this is uh, ugly, yeah, very ugly. Isaac Galloway is batting at a negative eight OPS plus.
1: That's really. Some might really say that's bad. bad.
0: <laughs> Some might say that's very
1: bad. And the guy that he's replacing in Lewis princeton was the marquee player in the Christian Yelich trade,
0: who is uh, not on the major league team anymore. That is, uh, they're they're a utility guy. I'm assuming is what UT stands for. Gar- oh yeah, Garrett Cooper. I think the Yankees traded him to um to the the Marlins in the Starlin Castro trade. Uh, on the 10-day I.L. with a negative 64 OPS plus. So this is uh woof. That's all I have to really say about this roster is woof. So you ready to try to compare this schlockfest to uh, some some actual starters who just might be a little bit
1: old? So I know that we talked about this before the season started. And part of me thought, there's no way this old-timer team could beat a professional baseball team.
0: You actually didn't want to do this as a topic for a hot second because you just didn't think it would work out. I just
1: I think, didn't think there was any chance that the old-timers would have any shot at winning this. Now looking at their team a month and a half into the season, outside of Caleb Smith, I think these guys are toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh it it's it's very very not good. <laughs> it's more
0: than just not good.
1: So basically it's very very not they good. They need the old timers need two players to have an above average OPS plus and one pitcher to be, you know. Well, no pitcher is going to catch up to Caleb Smith. So, we'll see what happens with them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm I'm willing to Oh, we'll, we'll we'll dig into it. Yep. Um All right, so out of the the nine starters in the lineup, Mhm. Uh if you take an average of their OPS plus it is seventy point three. So I want to keep that in mind.
1: Is that are we gonna try and do this? Well I'll averages? I'll show you. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Alright. So let's go over to the two of the our our document here. Okay. So the way what the what I have in, in our columns is we have the name of the player, the position, the year they retired, their current age, and that's all just for reference. And then we have their last year's o p s plus their career average o p s plus their decline phase average o p s plus and the way I did that was I took the last season um or i took their their, their highest year's o p s and then I just went down after that and averaged out those numbers and they did generally decline which is why there's basically nothing but negative values there right. um and some players I had trouble with because like Barry Bonds would keep going down and up and down and up and down and up. Same thing with uh, uh, David Ortiz. Actually, had a positive um, OPS plus uh, decline phase thing because he never really got bad. Like, I mean, <laughs> he retired with a 155 OPS plus in his final season. Barry Bonds retired with a 217. Vlad Guerrero retired with a 131. Like, these are all very good numbers. There's so. actually
1: only one, pl- two players up there with one below. Uh, league average OPS.
0: Yeah, it was uh, Chase Utley with his 93.5, which isn't even bad, and then Ichiro's 77.1, although Ichiro never really had a super high OPS+, because he just hit a bunch of singles. Exactly.
1: Um, So that's not even like that bad for him. And did you take this from 2018 or 2019 for Ichiro?
0: Ah, yeah, that's a good point. So I did 2018, because he only played the two games in 2019. His OPS+, plus was
1: real, real bad, because he... Played two games. And yeah, he didn't played do two well. games.
0: I think he had like one or two hits. Like it yeah. was going to be bad. Um, that's a good point though. I meant to bring that up. So then I have the average OPS plus decline. So like I would just take um, like let's say um, Teixeira, I forget when I started his decline phase thing. I have it in a different. Actually, I have it right over here. I can just go over to in a different tab. So you see, I have Teixeira's twenty nine two thousand nine as being his 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 last highest OPS plus of one forty one. And then in 2010 it went down to 124. So the difference between 124 and 141 is 17. And then the following year he had a 121. So the difference between 121 and 124 is negative three. And I just kind of did that all the way down. Uh, then I took an average of their decline phase OPS, like I said, and I took the average of all the um differences between those OPS pluses as it uh as as the player aged. So then I calculated what, I, what I'm what i going to call their 2019 present year OPS plus ceiling, like best case scenario, where I took their uh, career average OPS plus, or no, their decline. Wait, what did I do?
1: Click on the box, I'll show you.
0: Yeah, no, it, it is. It's up there.
1: Yeah, but like, it'll highlight the boxes I used.
0: Oh, well, that's a good point, isn't it? I thought ceiling. I used career average OPS plus. No, I didn't. I, I, oh, that was just there for reference. Okay, I confused myself. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right, so I took their decline phase average OPS plus, which you know, like we said, for every player but two was over 100. So they all had. They were all still just fine hitters in their last few years in, in the MLB. I I added that to, so uh, then what I did was I took the year they retired and I subtracted that by the current year, so you get like Mark DeShera's – uh, 2016 retirement, Today's tw- it's 2019, so that's a negative that's
1: a negative 3. Essentially just years since they retired.
0: Right. Uh, I then r- raised that um, to the exponent of 1.2 because I figured it would be an exponential decline. Like, it wouldn't be static. For a few players, I had to tweak this, and I'll get into why that is in a second. But I then multiplied all of that by their average decline, um Difference in their OPS plus. So basically, that is a negative three raised to the 1.2 times Mark Deshera's average decline of negative 9.6 points off of his OPS each season, and then added that to his decline phase OPS average, which was 111. So then you have some negative number that's eventually going to be dragging down his OPS plus. And that led to him having a 2019 OPS plus of 75.2. As a ceiling. So best case scenario, three additional years of continuously declining at a relatively exponential rate given age and increased skill of MLB. He would still be a 75.2 OPS hitter, OPS plus hitter, 25% worse than the average hitter in the MLB. And uh, I, I honestly was pretty content with that. That seems relatively fair.
1: Yeah, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. Yeah. That actually looks, you know... From my expert statistical and math knowledge. That looks excellent, Josh.
0: Well, as much as we malign it being the numbers, guys, we use a lot of the eye test here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're getting a lot of that. So that's that's what I called the ceiling. Okay. Right. That that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is the floor over here where instead of the um constant being added to the beginning being your average decline phase, it's your last year's OPS plus. Because your last year's OPS plus is usually your worst right, so worst case scenario, instead of because, like I said, pretty much every player is going to have at least from the players I chose they have like down seasons, up seasons, down seasons, up seasons, with the ups not climbing quite as high as they used to, um, but and the downs falling. So, if you take this straight from the down marker, and so instead of using um Mark Teixeira's 111 uh what i call the decline phase ops plus average you would just take his last season's ops plus which was only 74 and then it drops to being 38.2 which from 74 makes sense and uh is kind of rough but yeah
1: those these um, things happen quickly in the MLB can you explain to me david ortiz we'll
0: we'll get to ortiz okay yeah.
1: <laughs> all yeah. right yeah. yeah we'll 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 get there
0: so and then I just included an additional column where if you average out those two numbers to maybe give yourself something of a different perspective on it it would be uh 56.7 um so
1: yeah yeah that's where I'm yeah. at what do you think about this uh those are some rough numbers for uh these players especially if we take like the floor or the average it's not great it it is not great even it the is- ceiling is not great for most of these guys
0: yeah, for a lot of them. Now, granted, you could tweak these numbers a little bit. You could be a little bit less harsh than I was with a few of them. Um, you take out the exponent that I added to make this a little bit more drastic. But mm-hmm. I wanted to be. I didn't want to show favoritism to this side of the argument because I want just because I wanted them to win, because <laughs> I do want them to win. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, so I I I, I try to be as honest as I could with it is, is what I'm getting at here. So, let's just go down. So, let's go with the ceiling. I'll just do both. So, Tashera had a ceiling of 75.2 OPS+, plus, which I'm going to stop saying just let's assume just, all of these numbers are OPS+. pluses.
1: Yeah, let's just hit, like, the big name, like, the biggest name, guys, just so we're not reading, like, 30 numbers right in a row. Well, you know what? You, that's a good point. Let's start with there's only two players
0: who had over 100 as their ceiling, and that was Joe Maurer who had a 108.5, and that's in part because he just retired last season, and uh, David Ortiz, who had a 125.1, which is just so fucking good. And that's just really because he never really declined, and I had to tweak his. Like, you'll see, if you look if you look up there, I gave him a negative eight, even though I should have been using his positive two, mm-hmm. because it, he has to decline. Like, it's yeah. the point of the whole thing we're doing here. And because he just didn't in any serious fashion, I had to give him a decline. So that's why his thing is there. And that's why if you take from his last season – his last season is higher than his decline phase average, so his floor is higher than his ceiling based on how this is being done. Because, and I didn't know what else to do, so I just fucking left it there. Because what, there was no... I'd have to make up all the numbers anyway to give him a floor. So I was like, fuck it, we'll just leave it there and I'll just explain it.
1: Because it's stupid. I love that reasoning. It's like, I don't know how to make this better. I'm just going to leave it. Fuck it. Like, there's no way. Like, we can't make David Ortiz decline. Yeah, but he just never
0: wanted to, and then he didn't. Um, We had a few players who were really close. Barry Bonds, (laughs) his ceiling was actually ninety seven point one. A full retired twelve years years ago. Uh, Granted, I did change his as well. I took away the exponential factor and I lowered his um, negative value from the negative fifteen OPS plus he had during his decline phase to negative ten. So I did that for two reasons. One, negative fifteen is huge. Because his OPS numbers were always so fucking big. Mm-hmm. So like from him to go to for him to go from like a two seventeen to a one hundred eighty, that's a thirty point difference, which would be massive if you're going from like one ten to eighty, but going from two ten to one eighty, you're still a phenomenal hitter.
1: You know how I would have improved this? How? If we uh if we ended up using percentage difference, percentage drop instead of just the raw number. Yeah,
0: that probably would have been good.
1: Yeah. future episode
0: (laughs) where we do all of this again um so i did that for that and also i took away the exponential decline because i was trying to figure out it, it ended up giving him a negative number and i just thought to myself there's no way barry bonds being as patient of a hitter as he was in addition to everything else with the good eye he had like i'm sure the power numbers would have declined but i just don't think his ability to hit the ball albert pujol style where now you're just trying to either go for like uh, would have been doubled, not as a single, because I can't run so fast. Or every now and then you accidentally hit a home run, right. coupled with a bunch of walks. So I, I, I gave Bonds a little bit of leeway with this, which is why because he ends up at such a good bonds. number. Because he's Barry Bonds. He's the most yeah. competitive dude since Bob Gibson to play the game. So so yeah, 97.1 is where that's at. Um, also, we had a 90.5 ceiling for Carlos Beltran. Because uh, he also retired relatively recently, and was also super fucking good uh, throughout his decline phase, averaging uh, one eighteen point four OPS plus. That's pretty damn good. Pretty spicy. So if you took the average of all of these, which you probably wouldn't, because we have all, including our bench players here, because um, we include the bench players from uh, Miami, this gets th- theirs gets much worse.
1: This gets very ugly, very um,
0: yeah. It's a seventy five point three OPS plus if you uh for their ceiling, their floor is 45.3 and their um average of those two numbers is 60.3. So, they are below average as a team. Yes. I think their attendance would be awesome though.
1: Oh, yeah. Their attendance would be so good. Our, they would probably have the one of the highest attendances in MLB.
0: Like I think we brought this up when we did our attendance episode um that like there's a pretty decent like we don't think that um Star Power is a good reason to get people out to the stadium anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think old man Star Power, <laughs> coupled with the marquee fucking names that are on this right. thing, also You know what would be a good point also? All these guys would be going for records at this point.
1: Ooh. All of these guys would be going for
0: records. Like, imagine Barry Bonds is still adding to his home run record.
1: Imagine uh, uh, who on here would actually... Ichiro would probably be going for some records as well. Right. Like, I was trying to say, like, who would be trying to catch up to Ichiro on his own team to try and fight for that hits record? Ooh, but none of these yeah. guys really were in that ballpark.
0: Not really. Um, not Jeter. Jeter had over 3,000 hits, didn't he? I don't know. I think he did. Um, I feel bad for not knowing. but I, <laughs> I Oh, uh, Rodriguez uh, would have probably hit a 700 home run by this point. He was only four away. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He would have definitely lucked into a few. Yeah,
1: exactly. Especially if they're playing in like Yankee Stadium or Yankee you know, Stadium. Places in three like three that. additional years against yeah. somebody came with four home runs in. Three or if they years. were playing in Marlins Park. Oh,
0: that gigantic ass outfield. Yeah. Um. All right. So, should we go over the pitching real quick? Yeah. Okay. So pitching, I did literally the exact same methodology. Um. Hold on. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just opening up the uh the Marlins page so we can do easier averages for them. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, same exact kind of deal. I, I, oh, j- fucking what? <laughs> all right. Oh, fucking what? Yeah, you can fuck right off. All right. So, their ceilings. Yeah, so this was a lot rougher. Um, I had to make some changes to this. I took away the exponent, um, out of all of these because this got really rough. Yeah. Um, pitchers declined very fast. Yeah. So I I'm justifying taking away the exponent because one of the things that happens when pitchers age is they have to learn how to pitch and that just means being smarter with your selections. So like CC Sabathia cannot throw a fastball very fast anymore, but he is great at sequencing. And he got good at sequencing over the last like five or six years, especially because he couldn't just push a fastball past everybody and he had to get good at it. And ever since he did, his ERA has dropped every
1: season for the last five years. Uh, For those of you that don't know, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, especially from seasons, uh, especially from your age 33 season to your age 38 season, to have your ERA drop every year is shocking.
1: I remember you were uh, explaining to me the whole process that he went through when uh, he had his. Three thousand strikeout game. Well, he hit three thousand strikeouts. He did not have three thousand strikeouts in a game.
0: Although that'd be amazing. That would be incredible. <laughs> it'd, be a, it'd be a twenty-four day game. Just
1: Gary Sanchez dropping every single uh, strikeout pitch so they could get on base and just keep pumping them out. Yeah,
0: they lost the game seven hundred to four, but he got all those strikeouts. But anyway, you are saying.
1: Um, actually, if you think about it, the like lowest score they could possibly get is like in the two thousands. Oh, for sure. High 2000s. For sure. Um, but it's incredible the way he went from just a power pitcher to really from like just a thrower, just overpowering everybody to more of a finesse pitcher.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it helps like the team he was on because like you learn how to throw a cutter from like Andy Pettit and Mariano Rivera. And if you need two people Not to throw, teach group. you how to throw a cutter. Like those are Not those are two group. good dudes. <laughs>
1: um, hey, Mike Trout, want to teach me how to hit a baseball? It's funny you say that because I've heard that like some
0: some players who were like really like naturally good make terrible coaches because they were always just so good. Like I've heard, um, Wade Boggs is a terrible hitting coach. Oh, I'm sure because like he was the hitting coach in Tampa for a while, and Jack Flaherty, who was one of the broadcasters for the Yankees, played in Tampa with him. And I remember um, Michael K. Asked him once like how was uh, Boggs as a hitting coach? <laughs> Flash was like awful because <laughs> <laughs> Flash like he's just so good at it, he just his advice is go hit it, and it's like you can't I, I can't bog that's why i'm talking to you
1: brett Favre was the same way yeah apparently I, I he went that. to a uh quarterback camp for like high school kids and he's like yeah so you're gonna take the snap and you're gonna run over here and you're just gonna sling it 65 yards to your receiver and these like 17 18 year old high school kids are like i could throw it like 30 yards if you want me to but mr Favre, i don't want to do
0: that <laughs> um so i I was being a little bit more lenient with the pitching just to just to keep things interesting you know i I do think that there is from being a
1: bloodbath plus I
0: do think that there is like value in smarts as a pitcher, you know, like even after you lose your stuff, being a smart guy i mean that's what Maddox's career lasted forever for that reason, you know. Um, the reason Moe's career lasted so long, even though he only had one single pitch, which never leads to you having a long career, is because he was good with where he put it, not only in his accuracy, but also in his thinking about where to put it.
1: You were talking shit about Josh Hader the other day, because he only had one pitch, but, you know, he's, he's been working pretty good
0: lately. It's also been, only been the majors for like two seasons, alright, so let's calm the fuck yeah, down. Well, Mo, lasted, Mo lasted he's 20. My, he's
1: my angel. Let me have him.
0: So, um... Our ERA pluses we ended up finishing with a few over 100. Um, Jonathan Papelbon finishes with a 121. Uh, Pedro? No, Mark Burel. I always feel
1: like I'm pronouncing that name wrong. It doesn't seem right. Like, Never, there's, no way to pronounce it. There's so no many way. letters. Yeah. In such a bad order. I know. Like, if you threw like a normal like Walker Bueller's last name into a boggle machine, you would get. <laughs> mark burls last name Yeah,
0: just like fuck it you know um he finished with a 100.8 um era plus and then my good boy mariano rivera um also finished with a very high op uh era plus because his decline phase era was positive just like david ortiz and not just the positive two that ortiz had it was positive 7.7 so his era plus actually goes up so take that with a grain of salt if you may um everyone else here had kind of a rough go of it. Um Johan Santana. Actually, did I read off the names? No. No, I did.
1: No. I didn't.
0: Uh starting pitchers Roger Clemens, Mark Buehrle, Pedro Martinez, Johan Santana and Roy Oswalt. Relief pitchers of Jonathan Papelbon, uh, Trevor Hoffman and Mariano Rivera. So our starters um outside of Mark Buehrle had kind of a have kind of a rough go. Clemens is actually the best of all of them, even though he retired 12 years ago. Uh, He had a 53.5 ERA+. Uh, The other starters, Pedro, uh, as a ceiling, uh, the other starters being Pedro, had a 34.3 ERA+. Johan Santana had a 16.6 ERA+. And Roy Oswald had a 17.1 ERA+. Uh, the relief pitchers fared much better, as I said. Jonathan Papelbon had a one twenty two point one. Um, Margot Rivera had a two hundred
1: seventy two point oh. No, I refuse to accept that number as fact. Uh, what do you want to be there, buddy? I don't know. I just I can't count. Like I can't. We'll even- call it one fifty. Okay.
0: We'll ju- we'll just make we'll just make that one up. Like,
1: that is just oh god, that ERA dropped so much. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah, I'm fine with one hundred. All right. Um, oh my god. <laughs> Those and uh
0: numbers. yeah, 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 And uh Trevor Hoffman had a fifty six flat. So if you take the average of all of the ERA pluses, which you're only gonna do for broad comparison purposes, there's no other actual good reason for that. Uh is sixty eight point eight ERA plus. So um slightly worse than the hitting on average. Um
1: not great. <laughs> really bad. And the
0: thing is, I still think they might beat out Miami with that ERA plus total.
1: Caleb Smith is destroying their chances, though. Hold Uh, on, hold on, we'll we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh,
0: Their floor is much rougher, almost all of these numbers are negative, and they finish with a floor of 5.4 ERA+,
1: which uh, could not be much worse. Yeah, great. Yeah, Yeah, it's... uh... If it was a a war, that would be phenomenal, as an entire pitching staff. Um, ERA+, on the other hand, is pretty fucking brutal. Yeah, it's not good.
0: Actually, I adjusted a few of them. So, let me just adjust them again because we had a few people who also had the um um to a smaller extent the Barry Bonds problem where they had such high peaks that their um jumps to just above average were so comically large that I had to adjust because I didn't think any that they were dropping their like true talent just Dropping back to a normal level, and that looks so much better. Yeah. So their ERA plus floor as a unit is now 25.3. And oh, that's, ace staff.
1: Yeah, yeah, ace, truly, ace truly
0: unstoppable for um, the average between the ceiling and floor being a 47. So, ah. Uh, Holy shit. They're, they're not
1: doing the best, but they're doing it. So if we compare these, I think for this scenario, we should try and do it with just the ceiling, because we're not here to determine whether or not they would beat the Marlins over like a one hundred and sixty-two game schedule, I think it's just could they beat the Marlins? Oh, that's, and a, that's interesting. And I think point. for that that's scenario, we should probably use the ceilings for them.
0: Uh, no, that's very fair. This is this is very much so a could this ever happen? Which in which case we do, I guess we would take best case scenario. Yeah, right. very good point there, Mister Corwin. Oh, I forgot Wait. to download the the pitching table from uh, Baseball Reference, so I'm doing that now. Would you just do it? I know it's not going to be compatible. Just fucking do it. Fuck a punk bitch.
1: Fucking punk-ass Windows motherfucker.
0: Punk-ass motherfucker! All right, so let's look at the batting. Um, I'm just going to take the top 12 guys on the Marlins team, uh, listed one through, 1 through 12, because those are the guys who are going to have the most played appearances and all that and whatnot. Sound good?
1: Sounds great to me.
0: Okay, uh, just to read off a list of these OPS pluses because they are hilarious. Um, so we we said some of them already: one sixteen, one twenty. Those are uh, uh, Jorge Alfaro and Neil Walker. Um, it just goes so far south after that. It is uh, there's a negative eight there? Um, oh, one guy has a ninety-four. A John Birdie. No idea who you are. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is bad. Uh, Roselle Herrera has a 33 OPS plus. So what do you think the average OPS plus is of the top 12, the first 12 ranked um, batters for the Miami Marlins? I'm going to say
1: it's about an 80.
0: 71. In which case, in which case, this gang of decrepit all-stars being held up by a uh, 54-year-old Barry Bonds
1: and social would win. S- held up by Barry Bonds and Social Security,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the U.S. government. Uh, yeah, they would, they would, they have a better chance of outbatting this this current team.
1: What a fucking disgrace would that be if these old timers genuinely outhit, you know, a Miami Marlins starting team, starting lineup. Would you be rooting for the Marlins no. like to hold on, <laughs> let me at least get the whole thing out there.
0: Would you be rooting for the Marlins to like avoid embarrassment and because like, you know, this is a game they should win or would you be rooting for the meme team because
1: it'd be hilarious and you love those players? Two things right here. Yeah. 1 I would absolutely want them to be embarrassed to the fullest extent. 2 we can't have Derek Jeter on this list because he owns, owns the, the Marlins. fucking Marlins. Yeah, that's,
0: that's, that's that's a fair point. Do you have there, friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like he would totally do it though. It's like a celebrity game, you know. Maybe maybe it makes him more willing to do it because he is uh, he is the owner and he has he has a He's needs a reason to get everyone to get out to the park. Players. No, he just needs people to fucking show up. He's like, all right, guys, guys, I'll come out of retirement. Just please buy tickets. <laughs> all right. So let's look at the pitching side of the Miami Marlins. Um, honestly, not bad, at least, in rel- rel- at least relative. Nice. Um, yeah, so not awful. What do you think their chances are? What, 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 what would you presume the
1: average of these numbers to be? Oh, it's got to be um, high 90s.
0: Yeah, uh, 94.1. Now, if you take out Caleb Smith, <laughs> it a little bit. drops down to 80, <laughs> 80.9, but including Caleb Smith because you have to. Uh, ninety four point one, which vastly outmatches the pitching. Oh yeah. Of um, the 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 old timers team. Let's say let's say it's just one game though. It's not a series. So Caleb Smith is your starter, okay. And I guess you would put out the starter of uh, I I guess Roger Clemens, Mark Burrell. Oh, that's right, Mark Burrell. Um, okay. But then you have, but then you get the bullpen. For 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 the old time team of um, Jonathan Papelbon and Mariano Rivera set up man closer
1: and Trevor Hoffman
0: yeah well f- fuck him okay. um he's yeah, yeah, sure. he, he's not gonna live yeah it's uh, true he'll yeah. be
1: dead he'll be feasted upon so just need Jonathan Papelbon and Mariano Rivera to split like five six innings
0: no I th- I think I think I think Burrow could give you could give you six and then you you use Papelbon for the seventh and then Mo could give you two.
1: I would argue famous that for you his two inning saves. Only want Burl in for f- a max of five.
0: Oh, I'm sure you'd only want him in for five, <laughs> but he's gonna give you six. <laughs> right. But I'm
1: saying from a strategy standpoint, even though he's not right. actually pitching, put him in for five, give Papelbon Rivera two each, I think that's a much better shot at actually winning this game than leaving an average starter in.
0: So would you rather that Against the OPS plus Miami Marlins own of seventy one, or Caleb Smith for, let's say seven innings. Does that sound fair? That's fair. Seven innings followed by eventually um, Tyler. No, Oops. Nick Anderson. actually going to look up to four point six ERA and then Sergio Romo's six ERA against the um, slightly better than Marlins roster that we have here.
1: So, I would say let's give Caleb Smith six innings because he hasn't gone above that s- this season. Oh, so is he a rookie this year? He's not a rookie. It's his technically his third season, but he's only uh, he's had one game in five innings. The other four have been six.
0: All right, so six innings. So then you get Tyler Kinney's six point oh six ERA, Nick Anderson's four point six ERA, and then Sergio Romo's six ERA. So you get a fucked up bullpen. So basically, would you rather have a good starter and a awful bullpen against the old-timers lineup or a mediocre starter followed by a mediocre to just over-mediocre bullpen of the old-timers against the even worse-than-old-timers Miami Marlins roster?
1: I think I would rather have a good starter to give me six good to great innings and then pray that the last three don't give up a ton of runs rather than putting an average guy out there and then just being able to lock down the final four
0: i think i would rather take the strong bullpen only because of the way baseball has been going and it's been shown to be kind of the whole thing uh the yankees just won a game last night in that very fashion fuck you anthony Swarzak. um Svarshak, i guess technically well he can lick my nuggets
1: so I'm sure he will someday
0: <laughs> we can only hope my Kickstarter we'll s- is enough money. <laughs> we'll s- <laughs> we'll uh,
1: record that live on the podcast. It'll just be me with Josh and on the other side of the room getting his balls licked by a professional baseball player.
0: A professional something that's for sure. Hey yo. Uh, yeah, prostitution. <laughs> but but honestly, were you, were you expecting it to be? So I just finish up. I would legitimately, in my heart of hearts and in reality, take the old time team.
1: Yeah, I would. I really would
0: because I think the big thing is that they. I think older ball players realize when they're getting outmatched, and this talented group of of, of hitters, I think, would be able to take their if not take their walks, at least work counts and and possibly force uh, a a Caleb Smith out of the game earlier just on sheer exhaustion i think it would actually i think they actually could perform admirably in this scenario while not hitting a single home run
1: i actually want to change my answer i would actually take the marlins unless i would take the marlins if caleb smith is pitching and pitching well if it's any other pitcher or if he's off his game i would take the old timers oh
0: yeah no if we change this from being caleb smith to i literally can't remember, uh, jose urania jose urania
1: i would say pablo lopez just because he's actually their second best player
0: yeah but well, let's say jose urania because okay, fuck him all right <laughs> he hit he hit one of my uh one of my favorite little little bravies over there and uh, ronald acuna so he didn't earn his tilde that day <laughs>
1: <laughs> jesus christ yeah
0: uh no so let's say jose urania well, who would you take then Old-timers. Yeah, yeah. I got- Your like, hand is not good.
1: <laughs> were you expecting it to be this close? Um, like, really? So when we first did it, it, I didn't think the drop-off for these players would be as much, and that's why I kind of thought it would be close. Initially, looking at these numbers and how much these guys dropped off, I thought there was no way they could even compete with a young major league team. But it actually is a lot closer than those numbers would suggest.
0: Yeah, and then you can always make the argument that, like, some of these guys are going to drop off faster than I allowed for them to, mm-hmm. and that's fair. Um, right. I also would make the claim like that
1: we've seen 54 enough— 54-year-old Barry Bonds probably drops off at some point.
0: Same thing with 47-year-old Chipper Jones. Yeah. Um. But I, I would also say that, like, a lot of these ages that we're seeing for the guys on this list are ages we have actually seen ballplayers perform at. I mean— um, forty-four, I think, is the upper upper end of things. I think for a, a- Ron, I think it's usually where we see players on like very much at their last legs. But I mean,
1: like the average age of this team is forty-three point five, which is younger than Ichiro played this year and last year. Yeah,
0: and same thing with Bartolo Colon last season. Yeah, exactly, that's, that's younger yeah. than Bartolo Colon was last year. Um, yeah, I we mean, we should have not... put
1: Bartolo on this
0: list. Oh no, no! I don't, I don't, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> I don't need big, sexy rock. In it. Oh yeah, also the average age for the pitchers is forty-five point two five. So there are uh... Trevor
1: Hoffman's fifty-one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Roger Clemens forget, 56 is fifty-six. For Clemens,
0: yeah, he's uh, no spring
1: chicken there. Yeah, but... I can see why he dropped off quite a bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. He um, retired twelve years ago Literally and was fifty-six years old. Old. Yeah, he is. He was old. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. I thought this was either going to be a blowout. Um one way or the other, I could have been you could have convinced me either way, mm-hmm. I would have bought it. Um or it was going to be really close. I was leaning towards blowout. Like I really thought like the Marlins were going to win. And I I can talk myself with the numbers I've come up with. I could talk myself into an old timers win relatively easily.
1: So I think what we need to do now is buy ourselves a copy of MLB the Show. <laughs> Or out of the park. And just see if we could physically like simulate this ahead 15 years so that we have these guys now at these ages and then just play them against the Miami Marlins and simulate this.
0: Do you think this team could win against any other current MLB no. rosters? Like the Orioles no. um, or the, um, the Royals? I'm trying to think of some of the bottom feeders. I think feeders. the Orioles
1: actually might be a better chance because they don't have a Caleb Smith type pitcher. They don't have an ace on their staff. That's a good point.
0: Their bullpen's better though.
1: It's it's not great, but like better, Michael Givens
0: yeah. isn't, isn't bad, and um, there's terrible. that other uh, yeah sidearm pitcher. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, but their hitting's also better.
0: It's 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 improving day by day.
1: Yeah, I mean Chris Davis is no longer the meme Chris Davis. Yeah. Trey Mancini's playing pretty well.
0: Yeah, he's had himself a nice little season there. Yeah. Granted, he doesn't need to have a pitchers don't have to worry about the Baltimore offense, so they can kind of just do whatever they want with uh, Trey Mancini. But Pretty much, he's doing well there. <laughs> yeah,
1: they could just walk Trey Mancini every time and, and just not have care. to worry about yeah. it. Yep. Um. Well, I know what episode we're doing next week. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I would say oh, the Giants are too good this year too. They've actually put together um their their team has the ability to be not shitty. Do you think we could do
1: this with like football?
0: Ooh, I don't. I don't just because injuries. And you need so many more
1: players. I feel like we'd have to, if we did do it, which is me saying I do want to do this, um, I feel like we'd have to t- take it just skill position players.
0: Okay. No, that that, that is fair. Um, I, could do, I could get down there. There's that.
1: no way I could reasonably figure this out for offensive linemen. I was going to say like a 45-year-old yeah, like guard out there. We'd have to do this like fantasy style where it's just production on the field and not actual, you know. I don't know where I was going. Yeah, that, wasn't, that, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <in there. laughs>
0: right, I'm going to real quickly lightning round. Read off the bottom, uh, last place team in each division. You're going to give me a yes or no as to whether or not um, the old timers team could beat them, and then we'll finish it out.
1: Do okay? you want to say if they could have a shot, not if they could actually like? Yes,
0: just any scenario in which you could see possibly
1: okay. the old timers winning. Got it. All right, ready? Yes.
0: Baltimore. Yes. Kansas City.
1: Yes. Oakland. No.
0: Miami. Yes. Cincinnati,
1: no. San Francisco, no.
0: I uh, agree with all of those. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, th- I think that's very on the nose. Kansas City, I think, is more on the edge than some of these other ones. Just I think because it comes
0: down to what you said. They don't. If it, the team doesn't have an ace, yeah. I can buy it.
1: I mean, like Keller was starting the season pretty great. They have Alberto Mondesi as their superstar player. I think with the style that the Royals play which is basically all speed that could be a serious issue against these old-timers but at the same time there's a chance so you're saying there's a chance
0: i am saying there's a chance yeah uh i just i i, I just want to see this team play baseball now <laughs> i yeah. just really want, you all know how i feel about old people playing baseball
1: <laughs> who's the so i say we throw jonathan Pappelbon up there as our opener Oh, that's an interesting strategy. Have him strategy. bean like all of the good players on the other team and force them out of the game, and then you know because he's a dirty piece of shit, and then we start. Th- oh, sorry. Then we start the rest of our lineup.
0: Or they play in the National League, right? So yeah. Papabon um, comes in to face Caleb Smith and then beans charges Caleb, the be, No, beans Caleb Smith. Okay, to take the pitcher out of the game. And uh, then, and th- or you just bring in Hoffman because he's not doing so hot in this scenario. Right, right. And he can
1: surely hit Caleb Smith somewhere on the body. And, you know, a 51-year-old Trevor Hoffman, you're going to believe that he has some wild pitches it in his slipped, arsenal. Yeah. Sure it did, Trev. Do you see these wrinkles? I can't hold on to a baseball. My arthritis. <laughs> that actually would be a pretty serious issue with these pitchers.
0: Yeah, or I would love to see I'd love to see an old man complaining about his blisters.
1: Uh, just imagine one of these guys trying to outrun a ground ball to first base, Yo. and just pulling every single muscle. Ichiro, though, Ichiro could, could do see it.
0: Doing it, yeah, definitely not Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
1: imagine like a forty-five-year-old Vlad Guerrero trying to outrun a grounder.
0: You think Jeter could still do it? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah it's J- tough to
1: Jeter's say. put on some weight.
0: Well, yeah, he he, he deserves it. He's put up with enough bullshit. Uh, all
1: right, shall we get out of here? Let's fucking do it. Let's go play some catch together. Let's uh,
0: have a catch, son.
1: Uh, daddy.
0: And on that note, <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you want to uh, hit us out via Gmail, you can do so at Numbers at gmail.com. And if you want to check out the show notes for this episode and all previous episodes, you can do so at juicingthenumberswebsitecom slash website. And until Monday, my friends, y'all have a good weekend. Take it easy. Bye.